0: Hi, welcome back to Across the Floors, and this is another solo episode. So you're just going to be talking with me today, um, but just a little disclaimer or a little shout out, if you are interested in being part of our one of my dance chat episodes, please fill out the form. There's a Google form in the show notes. Definitely fill that out, or you can email me at dance at danceatacrossthefloors.com, and I'll be in touch with you, and we'll get together and get ready for our own little dance chat. So yeah, just quick disclaimer on that, but let's get into this week's episode. So I thought it'd be fun to do a little ode to my dance friends um, out there, old, new ones I haven't talked to in forever or <laughs> talked to last week. I just came up with five things that my dance friends, all of them, have taught me throughout the years. And this is only five of them, right? There are so many more things that each of them have taught me. But as a collective, I narrowed it down to five just for the sake of, you know, timing and your yours and my own sanity. Um, so here are the five things. Um, actually, we'll just walk through them one by one. Why would I li- give you a list? Are you going to write it down? Probably not. <laughs> so here we go. I mean, if you are going to write it down, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll give you the number so you know, but and also throw them in the show notes for you. Um, Okay. So the first thing um, I want to talk about is my dance friends taught me how different bodies move differently and how beautiful that is. And uh, first of all, duh, (laughs) right? That seems like such an obvious statement. Um, If I have a different layout of my own body and shape, it's not going to look the same when it's doing the same pose or it's doing the same move. And i I think it took a long time because to like come to this kind of realization about it. Because if you grew up in a studio, you probably know this, but you're not meant to look different, Um, especially if you have a ballet or more classically trained background. You're meant to mimic the person next to you, you're meant to look exactly like they are down to your toes. (laughs) So I never, I rarely looked like others that I danced with. I never. Looked like a ballerina. I saw, which is not a whole episode on itself, and we won't dive that much more into that. But I think probably when I got to college, and I'm gonna say that probably a lot on this podcast because that was a formative years for most people, right? If you went to like a you know four year college or whatever, if you had like the college experience, there there's just it was so much more exposure. Um, to other people's dance backgrounds too, and not just everybody, because everybody up until that point, even though I competitively danced all over the nation, um, everybody at those competitions pretty much had the same background in dance as me. We were all studio trained, you know, classically trained dancers competing. Um, we weren't out in the world like doing community-based dance really um, to an extent at least that's not my that wasn't my experience with it so it wasn't until I got to my undergrad in Chicago where I really learned from a lot of different people um, that didn't necessarily have a studio background and getting I got my minor in dance it was the only thing available at the time and now they have a major yay good for them um, but getting my minor i had to take you know go to certain performances or take a certain class so i just dove as much as i could into being exposed um to what else was out there and i think that's when i finally realized like oh well no duh my body doesn't move the same as them and why was i ever expecting it to and i appreciated it i think i think i always knew it right like i always could sense that my body is not going to look like that or I will try my best to make my body move and look that way and be that angle even though I have a curve that person will never have you know or I have 10 of those curves that person will never have I think finally I appreciated how different I moved um, and how different everyone else around me moved and I would watch a lot of my friends dance in college and just be like awestruck um, and just really loved watching how they would take the same pieces of choreography or something that we were working on together and just like make it really much their own, maybe intentionally and maybe not. Um, But it was, I had so much more appreciation for that. So thank you to all my dance friends for that one. Um, You guys really exposed me, especially my college dance friends to how beautiful it is that we all move differently and how we had that, sameness in the moves we were taught but we never really looked the same like our actual true personalities who we were as people like i really started to see that a lot more when i was in college and it was awesome and it is awesome now and i definitely took from that you know there's a lot in dance that i think you know there's a lot of body issues right you could develop from having a dance background and a classically trained you know, ballet, ballet type background where you are expected to look the same, and if you didn't, you th- you were not thought of as a valuable or great dancer if you couldn't get your body to look that way. So, uh, what a relief it was to experience dance in that way um, a little bit differently and see the flip side of it, and that I never, I didn't really. There was some, I mean, there still was, you know, body issues, shaming, all that, which will be reserved for other dance chats and other episodes, but it was still there. It just wasn't as prevalent. And when I reflect back on my times, especially in college, like I really much more appreciated seeing how differently everybody moved and um, loving how different everybody looked. I think it was the coolest, one of the coolest things, so that's number one. That was or number five. Should we count down? Let's count down. That was number five. All right. So uh, number four. Actually, is that backwards? Whatever. I don't care. So the fourth thing <laughs> that um, my dance friends have taught me is that our shared experiences um, don't actually mean they were the same experiences. So what I mean is just because we were in those exact same rehearsals, and we did those exact same dances, and it looked like everything was the same for us. We, when I'm talking with friends now, and we talk about something previous, or um, anytime I have, you know, every time you meet up with an old dance and you're like, oh my god, I remember that one dance where we did all those like shuffles and flaps. That was so cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those were like the most random tap things I probably could have thought of. And a wing and a wing. Um, If you're not a dancer, first of all, hi, why are you on this podcast? (laughs) Second of all, I'm sorry. Those are just like Google it. I don't know. Anyway, um, so (laughs) what that taught me, though, is like you have this reflective like discussion usually whenever you see an old dance friend about these like really cool dance moves you did. And then if you talk a little bit more, you almost always realize, like, you didn't actually have the same experience that person did. Because not only on, like, a very, very micro level, like, you could have shown up to that competition or that rehearsal and been, like, in a very bad mood, right? Or it could have been, like, you know, if you're in high school, right, you probably had, like... I just had a fight with my boyfriend and that just like soured my whole experience with that competition. I don't know. I'm just picking a random thing that never happened to me. I promise. (laughs) I was always so poised. (laughs) But I think like I could think about a time where, you know, if you were at a macro level or, you know, in the audience of this, you would have been like, oh, look, they all danced the same. Look at them go. But individually within that, we all, it looks like we all had the same experience, but if I reflect back on that experience with a person, um, we quickly realize we did not share the same actual experience there. Um, we each brought our own drama or joy or whatever it was. We brought our own stuff to that experience. Um, and what sticks out for some of us doesn't stick out for the others. So I think to like, f- rotate that into, you know, your everyday life stuff, it really gave me a lot of cool perspective of, okay, I'm on a team at work, right? Or a team anywhere, you know, in my community now as an adult, not dancing. And I I have such a view now of, it's not really maybe about, this isn't having, we're not having the same experience right now because everybody's bringing their own shit with them. (laughs) I'm bringing my own shit to the table. We're all carrying suitcases full of past experiences or things that we're carrying from the day or the five minutes before we had that moment. So thank you again, (laughs) dance friends, for giving me this much um, more open view of um, communication, I guess, uh, with people too, is that I don't expect... That I'm having the same experience as the person next to me even though it looks like we, you know, from an external viewpoint, we might be looking like we're having the same experience. We're watching the exact same movie. We're watching the exact same show but I'm not going to react to it the same way if I haven't done the exact same things you've done, right? So all that to say, different people are different, again. Duh. But I just think it's such a A beautiful way to see the world um, that I don't think I would have had, if not for my dance friends, Um, if I wouldn't have had either the reflective conversations with them after the fact or like more recently or like even I think back in those moments, I'm like, oh, well, you've done 10 dances today and yeah, we're still at the same competition, but I only did two dances today. So like I have a crazy amount of energy and you're like wiped out. So Even from like those kind of when I was in those experiences, I think I could tell like we're really sharing this. Like this is something we're going to look back and be like, yeah, we shared that experience together. But that experience itself, even when I was in it, I knew it wasn't the same. I knew I had a very big awareness for what my background was or what I was bringing to each table I was sitting at. And obviously I probably didn't know that as a 10-year-old, but as I got older, like I definitely can see now if I'm bringing my own shit to something, chances are everybody else's too. So thanks dance friends for that. All right, number three. And either way you count up or down, this one is still number three. Sweet. My third thing that my dance friends taught me is stress is best served with friends. Uh, (laughs) I am not great at this as an adult. I like to take on, I don't actually like it. I do it. But I take on the full stress of a situation for myself, um, and I don't share it, and I probably should be a lot better about that, Um, but I did learn from my dance friends, um, when you're stressed out, it's best to, you know, share it with a friend and don't take on those burdens by yourself. I just think back to so many rehearsals. And, you know, those are, you know, hours and hours long rehearsals for, you know, usually it was somewhere between two to five minutes of a finished product, right? But we'd have hours and days and months worth of rehearsals and sometimes really stressful if we just couldn't get a part right. Or, you know, not only are you juggling the rehearsal, but if you're a student, you were juggling school or, you know, if you're you know having any sort of semblance of a life outside of your dance studio or your dance classes like you had that that you were struggling with and i would not have been able to probably handle the amount of stress that i put on in my life or that has ever like come my way um if it were not for my dance friends if it were not for the friendships i knew i was having when i was having them like During those really stressful times, the fact that I knew we were having that shared experience, again, not the same experience, right? We learned that the last five minutes. But if I didn't realize that I was like, okay, well, this person's right next to me and they're feeling that same stress, like one little glance across the studio at a friend of mine could just wipe most of that stress away. Like one little wink could do that. And that kind of camaraderie can alleviate so much stress in your life, right? And again, I take this into like my current life of not actively dancing, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week like I was, you know, 10, 12 years ago, but I don't, one, I'm I'm not very good (laughs) at sharing my stress anymore (laughs) because I don't, I think a big part of it is because I don't have that community that I always had with dance, right? I always had a dance community. So like, even if my stress wasn't related to dance, if it kind of was coming up or bubbling up during a time I might've been around a dance friend, then I still like, my dance friends were the ones who alleviated that stress for me, you know? So I have to be better about that. (laughs) It's like my current adult, you know, mom life and everything. Um, And I am, I think I am, I mean, I'll talk to my husband about this, I guess, but I, I think I'm doing a little bit better of like sharing that stress, right? You're not meant to do these things alone. You're not meant to go through life and, you know, things that are painful alone ever. So my dance friends definitely taught me that. Um, I think I forgot it for a very long time, you know, for a couple of years there, I definitely forgot that I didn't have to, you know, take on the stress or you know, that I could rely on my community for stuff. So another life lesson for me to take forward, um, and how to move forward is based on something my dance friend had always taught me was you can share it with me. Whether or not they took on they didn't really I guess ever take on maybe some of my stress, um, sure felt a hell of a lot better if I could um share it a little bit at least with with somebody else. I never felt alone. And that leaves into number four, which I think I kind of, or two, I guess two, whatever. This kind of leads into the same thing that I almost just said. So it's a little bit of a crossover, but it's okay. You can't do it alone. That's the next thing that my Vance friends taught me. You can't do it alone. And nor are you meant to. So the last one is more, you're not meant to do it alone. Okay. You're not meant to do it alone let people in on the things that are stressing you out. Let people help you. And not only are you not meant to, you cannot. (laughs) There's so much in your life that you just can't do alone. I can't be a mom. I can't be a spouse. I can't be a friend. I can't do any of that by myself. Um, I always need others Obviously, I wouldn't have those titles or roles without anyone else, right? I can't be a spouse to no one. I can't be a mom to no one. Um, I can't be a friend to no one. So I, I can't be those things or do much of anything in this world alone. And not in a, I'm not independent because I'm overly independent sometimes. Um, and I definitely appreciate alone time. But I can't make my way through this life Uh, by myself. I can't do it. I need my family. I need my friends. I need everyone. (laughs) I need people to listen to my podcast. Hi, I need you guys. I need, you know, I, and you do too. Um, You know, there's so much, I think, uh, pressure and stories we create for ourselves that like, well, and if you're, you know, it depends, I guess, where you came from and how you grew up and how you are as a person, as most things are. But if you have this very, like, maybe more type A-ish, I hate, you know, labels, whatever. Pick your label if you want. But if you have a more organized, like, mindset and you're very much a planner or things like that, like, you're going to think you might be the only one that could get something done in that certain way, or you're the only one that can, you know, execute that the way it's supposed to be done. And you're going to give it the most care and the most thought and whatever. But that kind of thinking, that rigidity just leaves you closed off. It leaves you a little bit stuck sometimes of just like, okay, well, I, I am doing everything or I do feel like I'm accomplishing a lot or I'm making successful moves or I'm, you know, I'm getting after my goals and I'm setting you know, new ones or whatever, and that might feel very successful or it might feel very good for a while, but eventually it catches up to you and you realize how little you've left on the table because all you've seen is what you could do instead of opening yourself up to what everyone else can do and what they can do to help you and, um, how they can help you. And I'm talking about this in a very broad meta type way, I guess a little bit now, but that's something my dance friends taught me big time. So let's bring it back down to a very micro level here. I started a tap group when I was in college with one of my very good college friends, um, who will be on this podcast if you haven't heard her episode already, um, She will be on for a dance chat. So you're going to have to definitely check that one out with Lindsay. Um, Yes, we're both named Lindsay. Yes, it was very cute the whole time. (laughs) Um, But we started this tap team, and I could not have done any of that without her. I couldn't have made any of the progress we made. I couldn't have, like, we took on a lot with that, and we probably could have like five episodes (laughs) just on um, our experience not only running it, but, like, creating a new organization, blah, blah, blah. I, first of all, could not have done it just, like, with her, without her, I mean. Um, and even the two of us couldn't have done it without everyone else supporting us um, that were either a part of the organization or, you know, fought for us in the background um, or talked about us with their friends or whatever. You know, like, there's so much that would not have happened with that TAP team, but, um, and we did some really really awesome stuff at school with that and we couldn't have done it by ourselves um we relied on a lot of people and a lot of different organizations student run you know university run everything you know it ran the whole spectrum of who helped us out there and being in charge of that we we definitely wanted things done our way and we were very organized and like We wanted it to be like as perfect as we could, but there, you know, especially with a massive undertaking, like starting an organization or throwing on a huge, you know, university-wide type of event, there was no possible way we could have practically done it on our own. So there you go. You know, there's, I'm sure you could pick out, and I definitely know I could, like 10 other stories about how I couldn't do it alone like figuratively, literally, you just can't do it alone and you're not meant to. So that's three and four, two, whatever. Okay. Last one. (laughs) The last thing I want to talk about today that my friends, my dance friends taught me is about how exposing yourself and being vulnerable creates your most meaningful relationships. So one of my favorite things about dance is it has an ability to say everything without ever using words. And I am a big fan of words. If you've ever seen me write a, um, a post on Instagram, if you've ever seen me, um, if you see my journal, <laughs> if you've ever talked to me, if you know that I'm a lawyer, <laughs> you would know I love words. I'm a very big, like, little wordsmithy. whatever. I love to, s- I've just said a lot of words for how much I love words, okay? That's how much I love freaking words. But dance never required it. And that was amazing, right? It's a, it's amazing. I got to shut up for once <laughs> until I created a podcast in which I just give dance more words. Let's just, you know, forget that that's a thing right now and that you're, you know, listening to a podcast about, filled with words about an art form that requires no words. But to take that into what this taught me and what, my dance friends taught me from this, they could see deep parts of me that a lot of times I didn't even see myself. (laughs) And especially my teachers, my professors, like, they saw me very clearly. Um, You cannot hide a lot of the time. You know, try and hide in a leotard and tights. Good luck. Um, (laughs) Let me know if you figure that one out because I've never done that. But not only are you physically, obviously, displayed with your dancing, Your emotions don't hide. So if you, from the, you know, feeling things so deeply in a move or in a dance, that's so apparent, right? And not feeling it is just as apparent, right? If I, when I was teaching, I could clearly see who like wasn't getting it and didn't care, right? And I know that that was the same, you know, when there's a disconnect, you feel that and you know that. And I never, for as wordy as I am... I was not, I've never been super like one-on-one, very like vulnerable, I guess. Um, I guess it maybe depends who you ask. I think different people would maybe give you different answers there. But I've always felt a very deep connection to my dance friends when it came to being vulnerable and being more open. I always, you know, dance, I didn't have a choice. You're open. Like you're there. You're exposed. You are on display everything you have is there and if you are you know taking it as seriously at any point they know right and everybody I could you can feel what everyone else is going through and I look back on some old like rehearsal videos or performance videos and I see everybody's personality again and you know I still keep in touch with a lot of people like just very superficially on like Instagram and everything or on Facebook but I think you know, things I remember are never things I posted on social media, <laughs> things, things that really stuck with me. The most beautiful parts of my relationships with a lot of my dance friends um, and people in general that are in my life is because I chose to expose myself and they felt comfortable enough to expose themselves. And because we all decided we're going to be vulnerable here and just, you know, let the let our guards down a little. So, yeah, I think that's the last thing I'm going to talk about because that's five. We went one, two, three, four, five, or five, four, three, two, one. You take your pick of your order there. The order doesn't matter. The things that matter were five things. So, I guess I'll just list them again. Different bodies move differently, and it's beautiful. Shared experiences are not the same experiences. Stress is best served with your friends. You cannot do it alone. And exposing yourself and being vulnerable create your most meaningful relationships. So there you go. Those are your five things that my dance friends taught me. Hope you resonated with any of them, one of them, all of them. Let me know. Feel free to reach out to me an email, um, which is in the show notes. It's com, or just leave me a, a comment or shout out on Instagram or Facebook. Would love it if you left a review, shared the podcast a little, be a part of the podcast. If you're at all interested, I promise it's super, super chill. We will not get this deep if you don't want to. We can just talk about a show you watched that you liked because of a dance move you saw. So, really low stress situation when it comes to um, any of the dance chats. So definitely hit me up if you are all interested. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for listening and catch you next time. Bye.